Greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name is Aaron Sandemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we have the phenomenal opportunity to have our friend uh, Dick Foth with us back on the session of Back Channel with Foth. And then we'll jump into our interview with Rod Crabill, where we discuss um, PATH, um, Periodic Assessment of Team Health, and the importance of missions teams and missions organizations assessing the, the health of the team as they work together and uh, just learned a lot from Rod. Dick, so excited to have you with us on the podcast. One more time. Let's do this again. I love it. All right. First question I have for you is, um, I'm learning about conflict and I have been told that responding quickly is not good and waiting too long to respond is not good. How can I find the balance between not waiting, uh, responding quickly and not waiting too long to respond? first of all, I love the question because um, if you're human, you will have conflict. And that's just how it is. Yeah. And, but the key is, I, I think the, the question that's being asked is a timing question. Hmm. Do I respond quickly or slowly? I think perhaps the timing of response may be less important than the nature of the response. Well, I'm for sure I know this, yeah. that the timing of the response is less important than the nature of the response. Hmm. Conflict is neutral. Okay. How I respond to it makes it good or bad, if hmm. you will, or, or maybe not even good or bad makes it worse or better. Okay. Okay. It's soluble. So, you know, we used to say when I was a kid, mom would say, no, take a deep breath, to, you know, count to 10 or a hundred or whatever it is. But, but I think you do need to take enough time when somebody says something and oftentimes conflict comes out of speech that's hmm. the that's the because that's personality and so yeah. forth um take enough time in your response to try to figure out where that moment came from like hmm. where did that come from either because i was um attacked or somebody yeah. said something that offended me for what i think i need to try to understand why did that bother me that's yeah. for starting but, um, or why do I feel tension with that person? Hmm. Somebody starts talking and, and I feel conflict coming up in me and it may not even be what they're saying. It may be that they sounded like my, my uncle Harry, who was just out <laughs> there, you know, and it, it, it just has all those feelings. Right. Yeah. So a, a book that has helped me over the years, and it's, it's an older book now, maybe 50 years old. And it was written by a Mennonite friend by the name of David Augsburger. Hmm. And it, it's, it started out, I can't remember, um, uh, the, oh, the, it started out with the title of The Love Fight. And hmm. it may have been a marriage book, but they changed the name to Caring Enough to, Conf Caring Enough to Confront. Hmm. And in there, he talks about responses to conflict. And he said, we can respond generally in five ways. One is... I'll get you. Hmm. I'm right. You're wrong. I'm going to get you. We've all done that. Hmm. Second is I'll give in. Hmm. I'm never right. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to sit over here, suck my thumb in the corner and feel sorry for myself. And so I'll, I'll accede to the problem. Third is I'll get out. Yeah. I, I was at a missions conference in Cartagena, Colombia years ago. And, um, I, I was talking about this and, a, and, and a guy came up and said, I was in a church when I was itinerating, doing, doing yeah. deputational work, and an older couple were being um, uh, honored for being married 75 years. 
Yeah. Well, you got to be old. To be, yeah. So these guys are in their ninety, <laughs> and the pastor asks the old man, said, "So what do you, what do you owe the credit to this marriage staying together?" He said, "Well, me and Ma, when he's first married, we had this agreement that if we ever got into it, you know, and it got too tense, that I just go out and sit on a porch until we both cool down. Then I just go back in and we." Just talk it on out. He said, I guess our marriage has lasted this long because of all that great outdoor living. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes I'll get out for a moment in time might, might be valuable. Yeah. Fourthly is I'll compromise. Let's each come. But yeah. the fifth and best way, yeah. biblical way, is to affirm the person, confront the issue. Yeah. And um, I think in a nutshell, I would respond that way. Yeah. Good word. Good word. Second question, um, how do you not navigate conflict within a family differently than you would outside of the family? Um, and you do you believe that people can agree to disagree, or is that just a cop-out? Well, first of all, you're stuck with your family. You choose yeah. the outside relationships. You're stuck with the inside relationships. Yeah. So it's much more critical inside yeah. than it is outside. I think within a family, you you need to make a decision um, where you say, I'll never say quit. Hmm. And by that, I mean, that could be in the marriage. That could be with the kids. It could, because, you know, uh, we have kids that wander off and we, you know, you can cut them off or you can stay somehow in contact. I mean, you yourself might've been a kid that wandered off. So you get it, you know? Um, But Ruth and I have been very blessed. We have, and we talk about this quite a bit. We have four adult children, the youngest of which is 49. Hmm. And we have four adult children, and they like us, apparently. They still like <laughs> us. And the other piece of that is, and this is a bigger piece, we love it that we have four adult children that apparently like each other. Hmm. And so that's a big piece. But I always tell people when there's struggles in the family, you know, what a difference 20 years makes. Especially if you're listening to this and you have teenagers and you're in a tough place and you don't know what in the world, you you know, we just have to say, Lord, they're yours. Yeah. Um, We're trying to be stewards here. So the uh, anyway, so that's that's my response. Good word. And can you agree to disagree or is that a cop out? My question in response to that is disagree about what? Hmm. Uh, Yes, we can agree to disagree. Um, COVID and politics are a perfect example of, <laughs> of, of huge, huge issues yeah. that have split congregations, split yeah. nations, split states yeah. and families. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they even cause us to have split personalities. I, yeah. you know, <laughs> I disagree with myself half the time. Yeah. But, but here's, the, here's a follow-on question for me to that question you asked is, can people agree to disagree and stay very close to each other? Hmm. I think we can be civil over time, hmm. but not close over time. Hmm. If it's a core issue, yeah. we can disagree and say, okay, we won't talk about that when we're together, but it takes out a segment of our lives wow. that we might have been. Why? why? Why can't you stay close over time? Well, because we only have so much time and energy. But I think the core idea behind whatever we do here is this. This is Paul Romans 12, 8. If it is possible, hmm. as far as it depends on you, hmm. live at peace with everyone. Wow. Wow. Good deal. So there. 
Yeah, yeah. We're not going to argue with him for sure. Dick, it's gold as always. Really enjoy spending time with you and uh, thank you for your investment in my life and uh, the listeners around the world. We're going to go ahead and jump into our interview with Rod Craybill and uh, just learn so much from him on path periodic assessment of team health and the importance of uh, as missions teams work around the world. I'm just taking some time just to assess uh, where we're at and how we can work together work together better um, to fulfill the mission. Well, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. So excited to be here with a new friend today, Rod Craybill. Rod, so exciting to have so excited to have you with us today. Would you take a few minutes and just share a little bit about yourself before we jump into some of the questions? Sure, Aaron. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Um, yeah, a little bit about myself. Well, I'm actually born in Tanzania, so that goes back a little bit. And my wife is born in Congo, so we both have, have that in common. And we met at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago and then felt the call to work overseas, um, especially in unreached people groups in the continent of Africa. And that was 21 years ago. So wow. we've been doing this uh, periodically. Uh, most of that time has been overseas. Uh, we find ourselves in the States for a short amount of time, but head back overseas this coming January. Yeah, very, very cool. Very cool. What was it like growing up? What are some of your best memories of growing up in Tanzania? Uh, I love Tanzania. Um, let's see. I love just uh, walking barefoot in the uh -huh. dirt. Back okay. in the day, that's when that was totally fine. And um, <laughs> homeschool, and we would run out to the airstrip when the mailman came. So the yeah. mailman came in an airplane yeah. and delivered a bag, a sack of mail uh, once a month. And wow. just uh, when you hear the plane, you run out and go see what wow. came in the mailbag. Wow. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. And I'm sure that's the Tanzania of today is probably different than the Tanzania than when you, when you grew up and probably saw lot, lots and lots of changes. So Absolutely. very cool. Well, today we're going to be talking um, and learning from you um, about team health and um, specifically um, the path tool. And um, you sent that to me. I was able to see what that looks like and um, what exactly is the path tool and um, how does it apply to teams and individuals? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I appreciate you reaching out and asking about PATH. So PATH uh, stands for Periodic Assessment of Team Health. That's what that acronym stands for. It was uh, created by Dr. Sonny Guild, uh, who is also a cross-cultural worker. And he went through the whole process of getting it um, standardized and went through all the regular norms and processes that a, a, a professional assessment goes through. Um, but yeah, PATH is like a snapshot of what is the current health of the team. Hmm. So not who they were in the past or who they're going to be in the future, but it's a, 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 a snapshot of who they are in this moment or in that week that they take the assessment. Kind of like a, 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 a medical checkup or a health annual wellness checkup. You know, how, how are your lungs? How's your heart? How are your ears, your eyes, your, your nose, your throat, um, you know, their, your knees and their knee-jerk reactions when they tap on your knee, right? <laughs> so um, that's what PATH is. It's an assessment, looks at seven different domains of okay. team health. 
Okay. And um, yeah, could you share about those, the different domains? And then, um, in, and then I have, I have lots of questions now. So anyway, will you show share about the seven domains before we jump into my other questions? Absolutely. Yeah. So there's lots of different categories um, of domains or areas that make a team healthy or make a team unhealthy. Uh, we recognize that and as do, as do others. So uh, what, what they did, what the researchers did is surveyed lots of different teams and looked what was already out there. And what are the components that make a team uh, thrive well, not just stay on the field, but actually then do or perform what, they, what their vision or, or what their, their cause of why they're in that location. So uh, the creators of PATH came up with seven different dimensions of a healthy team. Um, so the first one is team commitment, then diversity, communication, conflict resolution, leadership, decision-making, and then the seventh one is trust and openness. Wow. Wow. And um, as you've, you've, you've talked about you and your wife um, working and overseas and growing up, is there certain of those areas that you've seen to, uh, obviously there's seven of those, but are, are there certain ones that you think are, are more important than the others? Or are they all equally important for, for team health? That sounds like a trick question. It's really I'm not a kidding. trick question. Yeah, no, that's all good. Uh, so the ones that can really impact the team is yeah. conflict resolution. Yeah. Um, I say a trick question because there are so many moving parts <laughs> to, to a team sure. health and For team sure. life. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've seen teams that didn't have any diversity or yeah. that had lots of diversity and still crashed and burned. Hmm. I've seen teams that had really strong or clear or appropriate healthy leadership and they still crashed and burned. Hmm. Um, I've even seen teams that um, they, they claimed team commitment, like we're all in, hmm. like nothing is gonna take us away from what we're gonna do for this period of time. But what broke down was um, conflict resolution. Hmm. And it's not just the avoidance or absence of conflict. Yeah. Uh, what we're talking about here is actually the ability to have healthy conflict. Hmm. Um, and, and so that, for me, uh, that ability to have healthy conflict is, is, is one of the seven uh, components yeah. And, yeah. and an important one. For sure. And, and I didn't mean it to be a trick question, but I, that in my experience, <laughs> we've been overseas. So my wife's an MK from Zimbabwe. Um, mm. And then we've been overseas, I think 20, it'll be 20 years um, this coming year. And conflict and having healthy conflict, I think I've seen more people leave the field um, for that reason. And then you also highlighted something I thought was very important, too. It's not just staying on the field, but actually engaging in the mission that you're called to in being healthy in the process. And so I think I've seen people that maybe would stay, but they weren't healthy or weren't engaged in the mission because of conflict and the, what was going on. And so I really appreciated you delineating that. It's not just being there. It's not being just being present, but actually engaging in the mission that um mm -hmm. that god has called us to do and so somebody's listening in a team member or maybe a team leader and they're they this is really piquing their interest um is this something that each member on the team does and and, and contributes to or is this something that a team would sit down and do together um yeah that would just be one of my first questions 
Sure. Yeah, great question. Part of it is timing. So there's the how to do it, but also when to do it. Um, so to answer your, your first question, you know, logistically what happens when a team decides to do this? Um, yes, they each would be sent an individual link to mm -hmm. take the assessment. And most people, um, they, they tend to take maybe 20, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. Um, okay. So it's not super duper long. Yeah. And um, the, the questions are not timed, meaning if you want to take 30 seconds on one, you can. Right. Or if you want to take five minutes on it, that's up to you. Yeah. Um, so you can choose the time frame that you need to answer. So everyone receives an individual assessment. Okay. And then afterwards, um, uh, your, your debriefer, your facilitator, they will send you your individual results. Hmm. So on that um, individual re report, you will see what you put down okay. and then the combined team results. Hmm. What you will not see is what everybody else wrote in. So some okay. of the questions are write-in okay. uh, write responses. Um, only the facilitator or the person doing the debrief will have everybody's comments and responses. Um, okay. But what you share stays just with you and yeah. in your individual report. Okay. So the person that's taking it, their responses are anonymous and that's not shared broadly, but the, the correlation of all those or the curating of all those does give a response, but you just can't specify. And as am I, am I correct? And is that the way it works? That's correct. So we want people to be honest and open with what they're saying. And then the, your facilitator, your debriefer, they will not tell the group what you said, but they mm. want to obviously create an, a safe environment where sure. if you did want to share, you feel free. For sure. Um, it's not like you need to stay silent, but um, that your responses are your responses and, and they're for you to share or not share. For sure. And then mm -hmm. if, um, and it, you said timing and not the how to do it. And then the timing, you, you mentioned how long it takes in, in general. Is this something that, is it better to do it at the beginning of the year, or the middle of the year, or yeah, just on yeah. timing on what you, what you suggest in your experience? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, one of the things that when, when I tr um, lead a team or expose a team to this is I show them within the first month um, the definition of the seven uh, domains of, of a healthy team so that they know, okay, this is what we're looking at, you know, for our team, this is what we're going to be checked on, you know, check your eyes, your ears, your, your throat, your heart. These are the different areas of the, of the team life or team body. So I give them just that one page. That's mm -hmm. a summary of the definition for each one of those. Then around maybe 10 months or one year mm -hmm. where they've had enough time to be a team. Yeah. Right. So true. when they just land on the ground, it's all, everything's up in the air. Everything's yeah, sure. new <laughs> right. language, culture, yeah. Yeah. interactions. And so about the 10 month or one year mark, that's when they take the assessment and then get a snapshot. Okay. How are we doing in the life of the team? Hmm. And then, the path periodic assessment of team health shows or kind of in the term is okay do it again maybe six months later or one year later another okay. health checkup 
did we make progress? Where are we slipping? Where do we do need more and less emphasis? For sure. No, that's great. And you shared um, about a facilitator and or mm-hmm. a, a, maybe a guide. Is that normally someone that's on the team as the guide? Or is that someone outside of the team that would be the facilitator or guide? Or is that the team leader? What's your been experience with who's best to, or maybe who has the the ability to be a guide in uh, maybe a subjective or objective, however you want to look at it, situation? I, yeah, great question. So when when the path assessment is given, we invite each member of the team, including the team leader or, or a team leader couple, both of them to take it as a participant. Okay. So they are they are viewing it, they are taking it as team life. Okay. Now, they shouldn't be the one debriefing it afterwards. <laughs> That's very, very, very difficult. Highly yeah. not recommended. Okay. So, yes, you do want an outsider uh, debriefer. It can be somebody from the same company. Okay. Or, um, you know, you can reach out to me and maybe I can do it or I can right. connect you with someone else. But someone who then helps the team see, hmm. okay, this is our snapshot. These are the results. Yeah. Now, your debriefer, they're not going to tell you, oh, you need to fix this or this is how you should fix it. What they want to do is they want to come in and help the team take ownership. Hmm. What are our strengths? What are our growth challenges? And as a team, what do we want to focus on or agree as a team action step? Okay. And this is where the skill of the debriefer comes in because it's not about the debriefer being the hero you know, some outside yeah. expert coming in, it's actually coming in and saying, okay, team, this is what is, yeah. what do you, the team want to own and, and move towards healthiness um, sure. from, from your side. So in, in the analogy you've talked about, so it's, it's more the doctor, the nurse or whoever doing an assessment. Um, but it's not the, the facilitators then not writing prescriptions. Hey, you need to do this. Hey, this is your prescription to fix this. But actually they're just helping you walk and discover what and what the description shares. And then it's, you know, for the team maybe to decide how they will grow in those certain areas. Is that, am I hearing you correct? That's correct. So the quote unquote doctor that's reviewing your wellness checkup, yeah. they are helping you make sure you know the numbers and the data okay. and the information yeah. that has shown up. Yeah. Just like in PATH, that's the role of the debriefer. Okay. But as far as growth, getting better or declining, that's on you, the individual, hmm. or in this case, the team, okay. the, the whole entity of the team, not just the team leader. This is the the health of the team is, yes, it relies some on the team leader, but if you want a healthy, well-functioning team, it's actually all of us, all linked in, pooling together, yeah. and and moving towards something that we've collectively and collaborative agreed on to to pursue as healthy. That's awesome. Um, and so, when we talk about team health and, and moving towards team health in cross-cultural work, in your experiences, um, team health, you know, I, in my experience is very important. And so do you think it's more important when you're overseas to have a healthy team to accomplish the mission or is it, yeah, what's it, just a, maybe a story or experience when it comes to the importance of team health? I don't know if that's a fair question or not. That's not a trick one. I promise. It's that's not, not a trick, trick. <laughs> No worries. <laughs> 
So let, let me just be clear that um, not everyone is in favor of doing team. Hmm. Like in some situations, you know, go out, be the pioneer, do it by yourself. You live by your family in a rural location and someone checks in with you once a year, you yeah. know, in some ways that's easier because you're not going to have conflict with a coworker because there are none. <laughs> <laughs> right. True. So either it's sink true, or true. swim. Yeah. So if you swim, then it works out. However, I don't believe that uh, God designed us to work in isolation. Mm. I actually believe that God designed us to work in community. So it's that one anothering. Hmm. And when we are working cross-culturally, we are often in another language. Hmm. We're often in another local culture that's different than ours. And the team life is then a blend of whatever cultures those team members or team leaders came from. Yeah, And um, the dynamic that needs to happen is the team itself has to choose, okay, what is our chosen culture? Hmm. Are we going to handle decisions hmm. like, you know, from, since maybe 60% of us came from this country, are we hmm. going to do it that way? Yeah. Um, maybe 40% of us are less than 30 in age. So yeah. we're going to handle it that way. Sure. And so there isn't really a right or wrong in the sense of there needs to be an agreement hmm. that aligns with their company, their yeah. organization that says, okay, I'm in line with how my company uh, big picture says, yeah. and then the, their country, you know, whatever the focus is of ministry or work in that country and then their team. So it's kind yeah. of these three layers of, umbrellas your your company you're with the the country you're in and then how are we going to work out team life as a team yeah. um, so those are the components that i see as yeah. important and if someone's listening in which they are um and they're thinking man i would love to do this and maybe there's and they say but there's we'll say Aaron and we'll use me. Aaron's on my team. And I don't think Aaron was going to engage with this because he, this periodic assessment, he, Aaron doesn't like assessments and he's going to think he's being judged. How does, how do, how does the team walk through that? And um, in your experience to say, Hey, this is not a judgmental type thing, um, but it, it's something for our team health. And maybe how do we walk with people that maybe might be, maybe everyone on the team would love it. But in my experience, you know, we're, we're all humans. And so there'll be one or two that say, nah, I don't really want to do that. How do we get buy-in? I guess this is my, the short yeah. answer to the question. Good question. Yeah. I've run into people who are opposed to assessments. Um, and most of those assessments, uh, it comes from an experience that they've had that felt um, maybe psychological or a little bit too probing, like hmm. who you are or your entity or, hmm. you know, it's a personality based. And so maybe they have a, a, a bias against that or don't really see the value in it. That's not what PATH is measuring. PATH, path assessment is not measuring your personality uh, or trying to define it. What it is looking at is getting, listening, having a conversation with you through asking you questions that then reveal, okay, in the area of leadership or delegated leadership, how are we doing? Hmm. Um, 
is it going well? Is it, um, are, are people invited to use their strengths? Are they invited in, to participate in decision-making? And so it, it really comes down to the snapshot of the team. So it's not finding out who's the star player okay. or who's the weakest link. That's okay. not what we're trying to discover. Okay. Uh, uh, a, a team isn't made or broken by the star player or the weakest link. Instead, mm. we are actually all in this together. And mm. if we own our health, then we can move forward. Just like, you know, our physical body, the knee can't say, well, I don't need the eye right. because we're just going to be busy walking. Same in team life. You need all the members of the team who are currently there. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And um, yeah, so so what are some practical lessons? Obviously, this is a passion that you have and some experiences. Are there some maybe some practical lessons that maybe you learned the hard way um, and using this tool or yeah, just I think a lot of times on the podcast, you know, I think we learn a little bit from people's victories. But when people say, hey, this is something I learned the hard way, we, we kind of identify with that. So there's some practical lessons yeah. maybe you learned along the way. Yeah, thank you. So one of the lessons I learned early on is I tried to squeeze as a debriefer, as the facilitator, the team said, okay, we have 45 minutes. That's all we can give you. Hmm. And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I'll do that. <laughs> I don't recommend that. <laughs> so what happened is we, we, we did squeeze, but I tell you, when you drink, concentrated juice you know some some stores or supermarkets when you buy the concentrated you know mango sure. juice or yeah. pineapple juice or whatever yeah. it doesn't taste nice <laughs> like you need to mix it with water so i've learned over time don't agree to 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 condense it down it, it's hmm. it's actually not worth it it'll leave a bitter taste rather than a a, a benefit and so instead i recommend look You've done this. It's a time commitment. Your health is a factor to the longevity and productivity and ongoing impact. Let's take two hours day one, hmm. maybe rather in the morning rather than the afternoon, but let's right. do two hours in the morning, maybe 10 to, you know, 10 to noon, hmm. and then take a break and come back the next day hmm. and, and finish the, the next two hours. I found that pace works so much better. Hmm. And does that give people time to digest it also? Um, maybe what you've went through rather than saying, Hey, we're going to, you mentioned 45 minutes is not enough. Cause it's, you know, it's, but do people need uh, some time to, Hey, we've done a few hours. Let's take some time and process it. Cause I would imagine I, I've never, I read, you shared the resources with me, but I think yes. it would be a lot to digest. If you just said, Hey, we're just going to try to sit down and do this all in four hours. Um, does that work? If that's the only way, or is it better to split it up so people have time to process? Yeah, four hours straight of anything <laughs> is a lot. <laughs> that is true. So that is four true. hours of intense, you know, <laughs> team life focus with trying to wrestle with concepts that are newer or taking ownership or figuring out way forward. That's a lot. So I do definitely recommend two hours. And what we do, we lay a foundation. What is health? Yeah. What is ownership? What do this, these seven dimensions mean? Mm. And then we start understanding the overlay of the graph. Uh, what, what's showing up 
what do we can self-identify based on our results? And then we look at the strengths first. Where are we already healthy? Hmm. And how can we leverage some of those healthy areas to then help us in our growth areas? For sure. It's like changing a tire. Very difficult to unscrew the nut or the bolt with your fingers. Yeah. Rather use your strength, you know, yeah. the, the wrench yeah. and get the leverage of that strength from that Great tool to, yeah. to un, unloosen it or tighten it up or change the tire. Yeah. So then day two, we come back and say, okay, where are our growth areas? Hmm. So now that we have our strength areas and our growth areas, what do we want to own as a team yeah. and make two to three action steps to that will help us move forward? Yeah. And in, in, you, you mentioned, um, I did enough experience with this, but I think the human nature is when you, when you take this and you said the person who it's anonymous, but then you sit in the room and do you encourage people to try to figure out, Hey, why the certain scores are certain this way? And can that, can people try to read into it too much? And how do you walk people that are maybe trying to figure out if, if Aaron said this and Johnny said this, and that's why we scored this way and this, and how do you walk people that are trying to analyze it maybe more than it needs to be analyzed? I guess is my question. Sure, sure. And um, we invite people to, to analyze people. It's good to be curious. Um, it's just not healthy to be curious so that you can name names or point fingers. Oh, he's the, he, he or she is the star player or he yeah. or she is the weakest link. Okay. That doesn't help anything. We, we are experiencing strength or experiencing a growth area collectively as a team. So I really help the team. If I do the debrief, I help the team see it as a team issue, not as a fix it, the individual. Hmm. So the graph does show the average high okay. and the average low. Okay. And then we look at the, the, the middle. So okay. where are there, where is their agreement that they're all healthy or disagreement that they're all hmm. unhealthy and, hmm. and kind of pick out some of the nuances. Yeah. So I, I will proactively shift away from specifically calling out someone and instead saying, what are some of the factors, you know, how, how are we feeling? And then give space. Once that safe space is created, I found that people are willing then to, to share their perspectives. For sure. And you mentioned um, uh, you kind of that first day you're talking about what health is. Is that something that you share a definition of? Hey, this is what a healthy team, uh, a definition of that. Or can a team say, hey, well, our definition of health is different than yours. And yeah, it, or is it a pretty accepted extend uh, definition of what a healthy team looks like? Yeah. So I do not give a definition of a healthy team. I okay. do em emphasize the, these are the seven dimensions okay. um, that PATH has recognized okay. that can lead a team towards health. Okay. But what I do do is I create like a team agreement hmm. at the beginning and say, okay, as we're talking about these potentially um, touchy or sensitive issues, how do we want to agree to be as we're discussing it? So kind of deciding in that moment, what does healthy discussion look like for these two hours on Tuesday and two hours on Wednesday? So that gives space for the team to, to define their own healthiness yeah. or unhealthiness in that agreement. 
Yeah, that's good. Because I, you know, I, I think that's that's valuable, and I, I do love the the idea of um, yeah of describing it. When it comes to team health, you you mentioned this would be my last question for you. Um, team health. You grew up in Tanzania. You've been working. Has your opinion, or maybe is there some process that on team health that maybe has changed over the last five or ten years as you've worked with a path tool, or there's maybe a perspective that might have changed a little bit, or um, something, an insight that you maybe 20 years ago, you thought, well, it had to be this way, or maybe it's changed a little bit. Does that question make sense? Yes. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good question. Um, early on, there used to be, um, as, as missions work shifted away from the isolated pioneer, do it by yourself, yeah. you know, connect, touch base once a year, yeah. it swung too far, in okay. my opinion, to, Everybody has to be in a team. If you're not in the team, you're not doing good mission work. And so I, I think we need to just come back to the middle and recognize, okay, team isn't about team. It's actually about how can we collectively accomplish more through our demonstration of the, of the body of Christ, of community, of one anothering, not just in um, uh, being kind to each other, but actually demonstrating the kingdom, uh, living out uh, an expression of believers working well together in this location. So it's authentic uh, expression of it. It isn't just me coming in and, you know, working to share the gospel with the whole, you know, rural village, right. but it's the believers who have come collectively and working together with a a joint venture or joint decision. Hmm. I also see value in having time frame when there's a start mm -hmm. or or in a in a end or at least a pause. So kind of that cycle, like seasons of a year. You got your rainy season or dry season, or in some countries you got your summer and spring, summer, fall. So there's seasons of a team where there's kind of a a pause and a restart or a uh, a clear start or a clear end. I see some value in that seasonal, you know, tide comes in, tide goes out. That same hmm. thing in team life. I believe that that helps with the healthy process. That's, that's super valuable because, you know, I've, we've been in missions for 20 years. And so you're right. I, we lived in West Africa and it was more an individualistic, um, nothing wrong with it. And I have a ton of respect for people that lived in the middle of nowhere by themselves and they were able to make it work. I just hit a wall um, and realized that I didn't think that I could live that way. And then moving towards, as you described, moving towards my focus was all about team, but then it moved away from the mission. And what I was actually, I was just so, so focused on the team that I wasn't focused on what I was there for. And then, mm -hmm. and then trying to find, um, I don't know if balance is the right word, but trying to find some equilibrium. And as you said, certain seasons, there was the focus might've been more in one area than the other. Um, but it's mm -hmm. just a lesson that I've learned and seen a major shift. And, you know, just in the 20 years that we've lived and served overseas and, um, but as a young guy, I used when I came out, I thought, hey, I'm going to be the guy who lives in the middle of nowhere and I can do all this myself and I don't need. And uh, that lasted all about three months. And um, then I realized, eh, no, 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 that I need I need people. And as you said, doing the mission of God, not in isolation, but doing it on a team. But teamwork is hard. You know, it's not it's not necessarily easy. And um, as you said, if you're 
if you're on a team, though, there might be conflict. If you're by yourself, you make conflict with yourself. But anyway, there's just some lessons I learned the hard way and probably why I have less hair and what I hear, hair I do have is gray. So anyway, Rod, I appreciate it. This has been a phenomenal conversation. Um, can we go ahead um, if say if somebody wants to access this, is there a link that we maybe can put in the show notes or that they might be able to find um, the path um, tool? And yeah, just any any closing words on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, happy to share the, the website and there's names of um, the facilitators or debriefers there. Um, sometimes I've, uh, I'm happy to do that as well. Um, sometimes it's in person, but I've also done the path debrief over Zoom and it, and it works quite well um, as well. So in this life of, um, <laughs> you know, restricted border crossings and all yeah. that, I, I'm happy to serve that way too. A crazy world we live in. I, I lost my profit license a long time ago because my, my wife said, how long do you think this is going to last? Ah, I said a month or two. And well, um, <laughs> I lost I lost that license a long time ago. So Rod, we we normally end the podcast in prayer. And we pray for us. We pray for the teams, team members and teams around the world that are looking to plant the church and, um, and share the love of Jesus Christ. And um, yeah, but you just pray for them today. Sure, absolutely. Lord Jesus, we just come before you and we just want to slow down and just acknowledge that you are God. And Lord, any desires that we have to take your gospel, we want to acknowledge that it's to magnify your name and expand your kingdom. Lord, we desire, we long for more people to worship you. We recognize that the need for missions, the need for cross-cultural work, or the need for individuals to go will continue until more people will worship you and bend the knee. And Lord, one of those ways is doing ministry in a team. Lord, where we learn to serve one another, where we learn to lead, where we learn to follow. So much emphasis is spent on leadership, but it actually is uh, so important to have followership as well. So Lord, help us as we follow you. Help us as we work together with our brothers and sisters. Help us uh, for those that are in team settings where they're doing it in community uh, to have that fellowship, to take the intentional time to say, okay, let's just check in here. How are we doing health-wise? Are we caring for one? Are we serving one another? Are we building one another up? Are we glorifying God through our interactions together? So Lord, we recognize there's many tools out there. Path is just one of those. But Lord, I pray that your kingdom would advance through the use of teams and through uh, individuals coming together and looking to you uh, and, and figuring out how they can further work better together and glorify your name. Thank you, Jesus. And it is in the, your strong name that we pray. Amen. Amen.